0: Hey there, podcast listeners. So you're expecting a recording with Rebecca Ross, the author of The Queen's Rising. And unfortunately, we had a little bit of a snafu with our recording, and so you're getting something else. It's a conversation we had with Tony Daniel, who's a senior editor at Bain, about the publishing process once your book has already been sold, and then also some insight into author and editor relationships, which is super interesting, and so I hope you enjoy it. Just so you know, we did post the chapter that we critiqued, so if you submitted for Rebecca Ross the one we chose plus notes from her and notes from me and then some notes at the end from the rest of the podcasters is on our website so you can go check that out it's litservicepodcast.wixsite.com slash lit so if you just stay tuned eventually we'll get Rebecca's up she has a lot of really interesting stuff to say about character development and I hope you enjoy the show So before we launch into our topic for today, I wanted to ask you, you just said that you had one, like one of your main sellers and like the tent poles of Bain. Do you want to, I feel like um, the editor side of things and like the publishing house side of things, it feels like it's dark, even for me as an author. And so is there anything you could say about how that works?
1: Well, yeah. That you want to say to the public? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, uh, what do you mean? Like how how to get published? No, no. Aaron, I mean, like. The, um... I'll tell you how it works. Here's how it works. We get a book in. Say I got, all right, I got Dave and, um, Dave and Aaron's uh, book, The Cunning Man, last year in. And I got assigned it because I had, I worked with Dave on his first uh, witchy eye book. And so, you know, and I wanted to, I wanted it. And so I read it. I make notes for revisions, I, and Tony, my boss as well, does, and we send out notes. And In my case, uh, these are general, like, here's how to do, here's how to fix some structural problems, we need this and that, really think we need more of a action opening, um, something that draws the reader in a little more than, um, than et cetera, that kind of notes. I, I'm not saying that applied to that book, necessarily. You're That's telling us of all of the order.
0: secrets about the back <laughs> scenes of those books. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, no, no. Um, that was, that doesn't necessarily apply to that book. I was, that book was, um, I'm trying to, th- I can't remember the notes we gave, but you know, those guys are really good and it's, it It wasn't much of a problem because it's immediately when they saw and I'm really good. And so it does help, you know, They see my notes and they're like, oh, okay. And then they fix it. So it doesn't always go that way. (laughs) So, and then, then they'll, they'll work on it and a writer will work on it and send you a revision. Mm -hmm. So you get the revision, you read that. So by this time you've read the book three, you know, yes. (laughs) And so, um, generally if with a professional writer um that's it you know it's good enough now to go and so you line edit it you go through and you fix some things you see as an editor that are that are big top-down things like if you think our word is wrong you could do that because you're the line editor you're the editor um and i can i feel perfectly happy to change uh, a word around here or there or to to rephrase something if there's a if there is a uh, you know passive construction or something like that okay and then it goes to the copy editor after that I usually pick out the copy editor to sort of match the writer or it's the writer it's the copy editor that's worked with that writers stuff before so because they will not have to reacquaint themselves with the style sheet of the writer so the copy editor they delve in a lot Deeper with the logic of a scene say alright. Well, there was a gun in that scene. Why isn't it here? You know something like that. That's what the copy editor will I mean if I haven't caught it uh, They'll catch something like that. They check stuff like Spellings all the way through and they make up this thing called the style sheet the style sheet says How you spell a characters name all the way through so that you get it consistently right and from book to book when it becomes a series so you want to have those style sheets available of the old books when you have a the next book in a series, um, so that's why it's often that you just use the same. Although we have the style sheets, um, it's often good just to use the same copy editor. Um, we have three or four um, that we use. One of them is an old grad student of mine. I was uh, I taught for seven years writing at the University of Texas at Dallas. So uh, like so, this guy um, I brought on board. Years later, after he was my student, and um, he because he was so meticulous about everything, and that's what you want with a copy editor somebody that catches everything. And uh, he's fantastic. His name's Ben Davidoff. Um, great copy editor. Um, I would highly recommend using him to anyone that <laughs> that might want to uh, have a copy editor go over something. Awesome. Um, and he works for others as well now so we use um, the copy edit comes back and we let the author review that the last word on these things is the authors um, the author will review the copy edit they'll decide whether to accept or reject a lot of times the copy edits done electronically with the word review function with a word file sometimes with our older writers and <laughs> they want a paper copy edit and we are happy to oblige it We we will let the We'll do an old-fashioned paper copy edit with post-it notes sticking out and, and stuff like that. That sounds
0: stressful. Which,
1: no, they're great. I, I, I much prefer that Really? Myself. Oh, I love oh, being yeah. able
0: to go through comment because Word tells me where they all are.
1: Yeah, yeah. So if, you, if you're forced to go through and as the author reviewing your manuscript and remove post-it notes one at a time, you really pay attention To what the copy editor has said there. Because it feels so final. No one's ever going to mark that again. So um, I don't know. So, all right. So the copy edit comes back and then um, I review the copy edit. Oh, and the copy edit comes back with queries and the author answers the queries as well. So sometimes there's author queries on the copy edit that, um, like, for instance, logic problems can use, and the author can then. Fix those in the manuscript during the copy edit phase that could add in a page or or a paragraph whatever That's a good time to do that because you don't want to do, be doing that during proofread because it just throws everything off. Yeah. So then uh, The authors review the copy edited manuscript comes back to me I make up this thing called the transmittal memo and I transmit it to the typesetter along with the style sheet and anything any other pertinent things like a map, say, if it's a fantasy world that needs a map, we'll have a map. Um, I usually will have the maps commissioned beforehand. So somebody like uh, our, our big map maker at Bain is Randy Asplund, he does a lot of our maps. He's a great um, medieval. Uh, one of the ways he makes his living is to do um, illuminated manuscripts of things that are modern texts that people just want in illuminated form. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, and he makes, like, he goes out, he grows woad in his backyard to make blue and stuff. You know, he's he's crazy, crazy authentic, crazy. But anyway, he makes, he's our map maker. So, um, so all of that material goes to the typesetter. We have um, a couple of three typesetters that we use over and over again. Um, They're really on staff. And um, they will set it, and one of them, like Carol Russo, is also the book designer, and she'll sort of design the book as she's setting it. Um, the other one is not the book; it's not a book designer, and somebody else does the book design there, which is like the the look of the the drop caps when you open, and all kind of things like that. The and um, so that comes back when the typesetter's done, and that goes to the author. The author has a, and it goes to a proofreader. We employ proofreaders; they're like a tear down. They're not really a down, but they're different talent from the copy editors they're supposed to find you know they're not there to copy edit they're not there to edit they're not there to find logic problems they're supposed. they are looking for typos and misspellings and things that are dropped by the typesetter by accident or because things always mess up when you pour something into uh, into the uh, typesetting program whatever ones they use Um, and then the author gets to look over so two people at least usually three will read through those uh, the final copy, uh, the final proofreading, and then that gets uploaded to the printer. And on separate track, we've been working on the cover. Somebody's had to write the flap copy. Um, somebody's got all those quotes, and so there, of course, the uh, the illustrator has illustrated it. Uh, and Bain is known for our illustrative, story-driven co- covers. We don't do graphic artsy kind of covers. We use, usually show something that's in the book uh, or that should be in the book. Um, <laughs> the author <yeah>. missed <laughs> an opportunity. That's right. That's right. So, so, um, and, and people make fun of us for that, but we don't care because, um, first of all, our artists are great. Mm-hmm. People like Don Mates, Don, um, Dan DeSantos, um, you know, Dave Seeley, these are just amazing artists, Duh. David, uh, the guy that does the honor books, is uh, oh, what's not coming to me at this moment? He's a friend of mine. I can't remember his name. Uh, Mattingly, David, David Mattingly. Um, so uh, you know, so just some great artists. Bob Eggleton does a lot of our covers. This is a man who doesn't need to work for us, but he got his start with Dane, and so he he still does work for us. You know, Eggleton can command. Tens of thousands of dollars for an original painting, but he still does covers for us just because we, you know, Jim Bain gave him a start back in the day. So, and then that all goes to the printer and the book comes out. Usually everything is done four months before. So, right now we're uploading, um, I think we're just about finished with February and about to start on March 2020 titles um, for production. So, that's the story of what happens.
0: Awesome. I've definitely been through that on the author side. Once I had a manuscript where a word was wrong from the time I wrote it all the way until the very last <laughs> time I got to touch it, like the first pass pages, it said there was a statue that was mediating instead of meditating. I'm really glad we caught that. So
1: <laughs> yeah. it
0: took like all 50 million people who look over it to finally catch that one. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, you need a living statue to be able to. Mediate. <laughs> exactly.
0: Right. <laughs> Plot twist. Right. Uh,
1: anyway. <laughs> so that's yeah, and that's the kind of thing that that. If a proofreader catches that, you know you got a good one. You know, and you want to use her or him again. So, <laughs> I was. Uh, we have a little army of proofreaders, so they're really good.
0: We're about out of time for this portion of the podcast. Does anyone have any thoughts? They final thoughts they want to add before we move on to the critique? I, we have an outline with questions on it, and somebody wrote the question: If you're involved in acquiring a book, how important is it to believe <laughs> the author will be easy to work with? And I'd like to know the answer to that question. It does make a difference.
1: <laughs> Networking will not get you bought. But networking might, if if an if an editor knows you and knows that you're not going to be a nightmare, it might make a difference. <laughs>
0: awesome. Yeah. So be uh, nice to people online. Is that what you're saying? It's person, you know, it's yeah. just like,
1: sometimes you, somebody's really good, but you know, you're going to get it anyway because it's really good. But still, you know, you're, you're sitting there, man. I'm buying a pack of trouble because this person cannot stay off Facebook. Um, Something yeah. like that, uh, and they just want to tell everyone what they think. Um, and if they're good at it, that's different, you know. There's some people that are really good at online stuff, so that's different. Um, you know, Larry is like crazy about this, the Larry Korea, but he's really good at it. You know, he's good at creating a persona of argumentation that is fun to read. So, but that's not—he's not. He's not like an example of that at all because he's incredibly easy to work with it, but it makes a difference um, but it, you know it really does matter to get to get bought to have at least the editor has seen your face it can make a difference um, that's unfortunately true <laughs> so and and the other, you know, if you go to mm-hmm. science fiction conventions, and that's why science fiction is so amazingly good for for new writers, because you can actually meet real editors at science fiction conventions. You can put your face in front of them, and uh, then when they get the manuscript, which you do not hand to them at the convention, by the way, right when they're
0: especially not in the bathroom.
1: I have a story about that. But. <laughs> Somebody. I feel like a lot of <laughs> editors have stories. about I heard about something that. from a rescuer about handing him a story at a urinal one time, but yeah, it was like, no, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't yeah, do. I that. always it works better if you just slide it under the stall door for me. It's
0: <laughs> there. We go. <laughs> but, but that's then you don't the so uh, yeah, sure I mean secrets. I tend
1: to look I, I look at people's shoes <laughs> to judge their character anyway so if I see their shoes yeah I mean the first thing I do when I
0: wait. So there what are I no are shoes bad of good shoes? shoes
1: everything's a shade of shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. awesome okay